Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week we take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join your host, Joe Farmer, as he gets real with himself, with God, and with you. Welcome to another episode of Real Life, Living in the Here and Now. This is Joe Farmer, and I am honored today to have Kevin Flora, the Chief Business Officer of the Holler Creative out of Corbin, Kentucky, with me today. So, Kevin, great having you on the program brother yeah appreciate you having me uh, it's an honor man and i'm glad our paths crossed and uh really feel a connection with you i think there's more of us folks out there than people realize uh, i don't know that may scare our <laughs> listeners at least people know us we're out here <laughs> they're everywhere uh, but you know i think god is raising up some really creative entrepreneurial people uh, in the mountains, and uh, what you guys are doing, I'm really excited about, and I wanted to want to bring you on and give our listeners an opportunity to hear what the Holler Creative is. That's more than putting a satellite dish on your gazebo for a roof. <laughs> so uh, we, we want to take a minute, and which I am a huge fan of, by the way. Uh, but we want to take a minute uh, to talk uh, about what the Holler Creative is and what it does. So. Kevin, you guys have been in business for three years. Tell us a little bit about what the Holler Creative is. Yeah, so our um, so our business is it's kind of weird where we're positioned. We're right next to I seventy five. So anyone east of us that considers themselves East Kentucky looks at us and says, "Well, you're not East Kentucky. We're East Kentucky. You're next sure. to the highway. You know, you you're on that vein that runs the U S." But then you go west of I-75, it, it's literally five miles from our office, and they say that we're East Kentucky. You know? <laughs> so we're kind of in a weird spot. Right. Kind of that, uh, Are you like the middle child? Is yeah, that kind of how that feels? Yeah, it's not so much the redheaded stepchild as it is the middle child. Yeah. Um, you know, you're noticed, you're there, but uh, kind of intentionally forgotten, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, but no, it's it's good. And, and um, you know, my business partner and I said that we're not going to move from there. It'd be easy to take our business and move to a city, and it'd be financially successful. But our goal of our business is to have an impact, um, to bring hope and opportunity back into Appalachia. And so we decided the mission before we decided what we're going to do, actually. You know, uh, Josh and I, my business partner, we met in a coffee shop, um, and and we both share that love for coffee. Uh, I just moved back into town. My my wife was from the area, but I wasn't. Um, you make fun of Ohio people a lot. I was raised in Ohio, but uh, but you know my family's got the hillbilly highway history. You know, yeah. coal mines shut down. They filled up their car with gas and you, traveled north. You so. can't go anywhere up north <laughs> that you don't run into yeah. somebody. You know, they called it the hillbilly highway. I think yeah. there's over three million people that yeah. 
that made that track. So yeah, know. I I was raised around everyone. You know, everyone around me, family and non-family, was Hazard, Kentucky people, right. and um, they said that's how far a tank of gas got you was Franklin, Carlisle, Springboro, and in between Dayton and Cincinnati. You know, and so they fill up their car, move up north, and get a manufacturing job, and carry on with life just to just to you know make ends meet. And so my wife's back from here. I went to the University of the Cumberlands, met her. She wanted to come back to her area. And uh, she's a pediatric dentist, so her whole goal was to bring dental health education to to kids, really. You know, a lot of people look at it as the parents need the education so they can teach the kids. But um, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, we live in a region of the states that um, um, the kid needs to kind of seek out education a lot on their own if they're going to understand things. Yeah. Um the parents' time has passed, you know, to, to teach their kids that and well, bad know, dental health. So, sorry. And, and I was yeah. raised by my grandparents. They adopted me when basically when I was born, and mm-hmm. they had a second and third grade education. And they didn't, they never even thought about, you know, dental health or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, I never went to a dentist. I was 16 years old. Yeah. And I think when the dentist put me back in his chair, I could hear him like quietly sobbing, you know, when he looked in my mouth, you know, yeah. thinking to leave the room once I could hear him, but yeah. how sad that was. It's just a miracle. I married a hygienist, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so, it helped. The last 20 years working on my teeth, you know. So uh, you're right. And, and there is a gap there. And for whatever reason, you know, there, you know, generation even past that, there are mm. multiple reasons why, um, People aren't getting an education or, or, or what have you, and, and kids are kind of just left, you mm-hmm. know, on, on their own, and somebody has to step in and do something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that's really something that attracted me to my wife was that her heart um, was on a mission, and the action that she took for a career path was to fulfill that mission. And so, so just being around her for many years leading up to us moving back to this area was convincing enough to me that I needed to, to align my life with a mission, um, align our marriage with a mission, because she was aligning her career path with a mission. And so came back to this area, and I thought, what what impact do I want to have? What can last generation after generation? Met Josh in a Bible study. I was just working on a coffee shop. It's free internet, you know, uh, paying a million dollars for, 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 for coffee, but it worked out because God's plans are bigger than ours, right? And so draining our bank account because we're, we're newly married, coming back here, we got a kid, you know, everything's just crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm buying $5 lattes every day <laughs> and then eavesdropping on people's conversations. So somehow I get myself involved in this men's Bible study. Josh comes up to me is like, hey, man, why are you in the coffee shop all day every day? And I'm like, <laughs> why are you eavesdropping? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, Do what we you? need a restraining order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so here we go. Um, my first friend, you know. And, uh, man, hear his story and his love for the community. He was born and raised here. And, um, and our mission just aligned that we, we see that people have lost hope in this area, that we see the people that are in this area feel like there's not opportunity. And so we gathered around that mission and, um, and so well, what are we going to do about it? You know, we both had an entrepreneurial mindset and found digital marketing is, is an avenue, a platform that we could build up because we knew that if we could learn how to do digital marketing better, and then we could take that skill set to other businesses to help them grow their business so that they could also stay in Appalachia but grow their business beyond Appalachia, right. thus bringing more money into the area, allowing this great entrepreneur that's that's leveraging their work ethic to stay here and make an impact you know, beyond what's 
the impact that we could make for ourselves. So the Holler Creative is a digital marketing company. We focus a lot on social media advertising. Um, some industries are more difficult than others because of guidelines and restrictions on social media. Um, if you've ever tried to run a political ad or a COVID ad on Facebook, it's just like impossible right now, thanks to the you know uh, last campaign. And so there's just all kinds of things that are difficult about it, but we've we've been able to navigate and find some different niche markets that we can get into. So that's the main thing of what we do. We can build websites. We can, um, you know, we do a lot of video work. We do a lot of photography. Um, Make great shirts. Uh, great shirts, yeah. Yeah, and that's fun. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but uh, it's fun. I, I really, uh, really enjoy people that accidentally start businesses, you know, <laughs> and um, – you know, you were talking about going into the coffee shop and meeting people. My stepdad would always tell me. He said, "Listen, if you've got, if you've got twenty dollars, and and there's two places, he'd always explain a bar. Of course, I don't go in the bar, but he said this bar over here, you know, drinks are a dollar a piece, but uh, over here they're ten dollars a piece. He said you go into the bar which, that where they're ten dollars a piece because that's where the money is. Yeah. You know. So uh that was kind of his mindset. But you know, when you're 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 a lot of things happen when you're you're seem to me like uh I mean we met in, in our coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what God is doing around coffee. I don't completely understand that. It's starting to get uh to the point where I'm starting to really pay attention because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know the building we're in here, the Axis, it was a hardware store. Mm-hmm. Um we helped start another coffee shop in Leslie County that's in a hardware store. And we helped launch a coffee shop in West Virginia that was formerly the building was a hardware store. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, you know, which, you know, after the third yeah. time, finally I'm like, well, okay, this is getting weird. So Jesus was a carpenter, I guess, <laughs> yeah, you know. I guess he was. Started to get those loose tie backs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess he would have came here and bought something or right. building something and had a cup of coffee maybe. But, uh, but you know, uh, you know, there was a time, um, Kevin, in, in our area, this is where the, the pioneers came from. You know, I have a shirt on today. Actually, I bought at Roosevelt Coffee Shop in Columbus, Ohio. That I mean, Have you heard the band 21 Pilots? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's their coffee shop. Okay. And uh, we, we went to see them in concert. And, you know, your 40-something-year-old dad here went to see... 21 pilots in concert and that was uh that was a that was an experience so but we went by their coffee shop and they're they're doing a lot of great things with proceeds of the coffee shop and and things but dreamers the pioneers came from this area what's happened is like you were saying earlier people have lost their desire to dream Mm -hmm. and their desire to to be pioneers Mm -hmm. and uh and i think god is bringing that back you know, people that see a, a whole new frontier, a whole new area, and and they they take it on. You know, and they and it looks different today, but I think God is looking for dreamers, for for visionaries, for pioneers. Uh, you'd probably call that an entrepreneur today, mm-hmm. but people that look at the something that's never been done before, and say, you know what, we, we're going to do it, we're going to try. And and I think God's raising people up like you guys. How do you? How do you see uh, the Holler Creative playing into all of that? Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of a business partnership, and this is not something that's um, 
is easy to just bring up in random conversation. But I mean, the fact that you're bringing it up here, it seems relevant in, in more ways than one. But uh, whereas my position as the chief business officer, you know, that plays to my personality, my strengths of I, I really love looking at the processes, building new relationships, bringing in new business, helping them see the value in what we have to offer, but also seeing the value in what they're offering to the community. You know, we don't just align ourselves with any business. We don't take on any client just because they have a business. I mean, there 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 needs to be something good that's going on, something that's ethical and um, not a red flag for us, you know, to work with somebody. It's because our business is based off of relationship. It's not. So it's not all bottom line. No, it, it can't be. I mean, you'd be miserable. You'd wake up hating your life every day, you know, right. re- resenting work. And if God's made man, you know, to, to work even even before the fall of sin, you know, man was working that garden. Um we're meant to love it, you know. It's it's meant to bring glory to His kingdom, and um, so my my mindset goes a lot back to the processes, the systems, the efficiency of how a business operates. It's just what I love to do. Um, if someone uh, tests me and says, "I bet you can't increase the profit margin for this specific area of the business," and I can't sleep until that's increased, you know, it's just it's how my mind's wired, and I don't know why that is, but the business partnership. Josh is uh, is my business partner, and I think how he and I align so well is that you know I'm the chief business officer, he's the chief visionary officer, wow. and Josh has has that mindset of where are we going, and that that's how God's wired his mind. And your mindset is how we get there, right? Yeah, so that's perfect, and, and it's beautiful. And I think if we were both the visionary type, or if we were both the process type, it wouldn't work. We get stuck spinning in circles. Well, see, you know? that's that's you know I'm. And I didn't realize that for a long time. Um, you know, I'm a visionary. And sometimes when I first, you know, would hear from God and would do something, I just left what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Just drop it. Oh, no, i got to go over here. And I didn't leave well. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, the big picture it excites me. Mm-hmm. Um, the details excite me, but I can't execute them because I have ADD. So I need somebody yeah. like, like Josh, and that's perfect that god put you guys together and my wife has that incredible gift of administration and 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 you know keeping things running smoothly and we sit down and we plan and we talk about every detail and i tell people how important it is to solve problems before they happen mm-hmm. you know everything we did like even when we started a soccer league you know it's not enough and so many times especially in this area, and even Especially the church, we think if God's name's on it, then that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we just we just slap a fish symbol on it, hang a cross around our neck, and then that's good. It's <laughs> yeah. it's Christian, but you know, no, it should be done with excellence. And so we we would sit down even when we started our upward soccer league in Manchester, and we we thought about every detail uh, when a person gets out of the car or when they're signing up when they get onto the field to the time they leave the field what's happening and and what can we do to make their experience better and what can we do to make sure that they have fun and all that and and i think that is is so important in the day and time we live in that we do things with excellence and i, I think uh, you guys are doing that kevin well and it, and it is it's a it's a push and uh, pool kind of relationship, you know, with, between Josh and I, with our employees, with the community. Um, you know, sometimes we got to be we got to be pushed to keep moving, and sometimes we got to pull that community forward to keep moving. You know, right. um, but it's it's a beautiful dance, I think. Um, you know, Josh's role is really to to tell me to keep the faith and um, and stay positive. You know, 
because I'll get wrapped up in a process and I'll I'll begin to get a little negative, begin to think, why are we doing this? Because I can't if I can't make it more efficient, then maybe we shouldn't be doing it. And he says, keep the faith, stay positive, you know. But but he aligns with you a lot in that you know his kind of past. And I don't want to you know just exploit his story, but he's kind of jumped from place to place in his career, right, and and my role to him. My responsibility to Josh is stay focused. We can do it, you know, and so we're constantly finding ourselves between he and I in this push and pull kind of mentality. But then you got a community that doesn't we have to educate the community on what we do so so that they see the value in bringing us on. And that's that's not an easy process. I mean, we can't spend all of our profit, all of our our business time and, and equity in the community, educating them on why they should hire us. That's, that's desperation, right? Yeah. And so, um, so what we do is we will find somebody, build a relationship with them. They get to know us over time, right? There's no money exchanged. And if they like us, then they'll come back to us and say, can you help me? I may not understand what you do, but can you help me build my business a little bit? And, and that's, that actually happened mm-hmm. with us. I mean, it didn't take long. It was five yeah. minutes and like, I love you guys. Make me something. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so and it and it's you know it, it doesn't always work. I mean, there you know you and I had a conversation of uh, it's difficult to push insurance on social media. It, yeah, it really is. And and I'm sure you've experienced that. But uh, there's just so many guidelines around things. You know, healthcare, insurance, politics. Um, right. You know, it's it's difficult. We have a large healthcare agency, and uh, man, we run into challenge after challenge with them. You know. Um, and it's constantly changing. That the, the, the yeah. especially that portion of the of the insurance industry, the, ins- the health part of it, is constantly changing. Some mm-hmm. of it is pretty cut and dry, but the, that portion of it is something I've always struggled with. Is is that portion of the, you know, the the the, the insurance industry, which you know I happen to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so important if you look at you know um, what life is really about. It's about relationships, mm-hmm. you know. It's about um, working together. It's about uh, having each other's, uh, you know, interests at heart. I tell people, what makes where we live special is the accountability. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's the fact that you know, there's not a you know three million people that live in our city, so the chances of me seeing you again are. One hundred percent. Right. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if I'm a jerk to you, uh, you know, maybe tomorrow when I'm at you know the grocery store, well, guess who I just bumped into in the cereal aisle? You know, well, how do I feel about how I just acted in front of you yesterday? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's accountability, yeah. and and but that's relationship, and that's the great thing about where we live is mm-hmm. that we it makes you care. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and it makes you want to um, have a good relationship with other people and not have that conflict. Because listen, where we live, eventually you're going to run out of options. You're going to end up alienated. I mean, if you're a jerk to everybody, uh, pretty soon you're just going to be all alone. You yeah. know. So. And I think that's the stigma that's come to Appalachia. You know, so many people for for years, for decades, have been telling the Appalachian story, but they're from the outside. Exactly. Well, the, the story that they're telling is is the story that they've experienced. Maybe when they've come on the inside, that's a great point. Been shunned because they they'll cut you off because in the city that's okay. You're not going to see that person again, right? right? But you come here and cut somebody off, you're going to see them in the grocery store twenty minutes later, 
and they're going to kind of give you a, a, a little bit of a, not a dirty look, but just a look like, you know, what's going on? Why, why do you do that? We don't do that here. Exactly. Because if you cut somebody off, you have to encounter that person again, right? And and we lived in Lexington, and that's not a large city, but it's it's big for eastern Kentucky. I mean, Lexington's a big city to eastern Kentucky. Um, but it's a different mentality here, you know? And I think outsiders look at it as we're trying to save face, or we're fake, or we're a bunch of hypocrites, you know, because we don't bring up the difficult conversations. But, man, I, I can tell you, if you're listening and you're not from eastern Kentucky, those conversations are brought up. They're All brought the up in the confines of your home, though. They are. And they're, they're prayed over. They're figured out in the church walls. They're they're figured out in places that may not be a public way to figure them out, maybe that you're used to. But um, it's not a shunning that's happening from from the inside no. you know, to outsiders. It's It's a culture, and it's a culture of love. It's a culture of, of caring, but it's a culture of understanding that we got to live with each other. That's right. And we got to respect each other. Exactly. Right. You know, I um, I don't know. There's just so much going on in our world. You know, it tears us up uh, here because it's this this culture is different. You know, we look at the the marches and the um, the protests, and um, I mean, you know, Appalachia has has deep roots in in black culture and, and different. I mean. My ancestors are from Ireland, right? They gotcha. they immigrated over here. A lot um, of them as endangered servants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've all got a history. We've all got you know generations back that we can look back on and and see hurt, see pain, feel that you know in our family stories. And um, it is I, just how we're dealing with it, you know. I will say this too, Josh. No one possibly in America can relate more to inner city America than Appalachia. Mm. And you may think that's, you know, whatever, but we've been stereotyped. Mm -hmm. uh, We've been talked about. We've been called stupid and dumb Mm -hmm. and hillbillies and ignorant, and and we've been made fun of, and we've been, uh, uh, you know, we've been discriminated against. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's just the truth. And uh, the same problems we see today, they're just multiplied uh, in inner cities and things like that. But the thing about it is here we... We're having a conversation. We're not just screaming at each other. Yeah. Uh, we want to show mutual respect and love for our fellow man, and and uh, we we hope that we can do that going forward. But that's all the time that we have today. We, uh, Josh, you, you want to? Or God, God, we was talking about your, your business partner, <laughs> He's Josh. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, you want to stay around for another episode? Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Man, we appreciate having you on today. Uh, listen, if you want to know more about the Holler Creative, uh, visit them at the Holler, and it's not hollow, it's Holler, H O L L E R dot com. And uh, until we see you next time, just remember to keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.